0: You're listening to CFUV 101.9 FM and on the internet at cfuv.uvic.ca. This is the podcast When We Cannot Gather Together, a space for stories shared by diverse and intercultural communities in Greater Victoria during the COVID pandemic. This is created by Dennis Ünsal and Stephen Baylis, on the traditional territories of the Esquimalt, and Songhees, and Wacenech peoples, whose historical relations with the land continue to this day. Welcome, I am Deniz Ünsal.
1: And I'm Stephen Baileys.
0: A few months ago, before the pandemic, Steve, you and I were sitting and drinking coffee in a cafe and talking about our common interests. Um, about the stories of newcomers in Victoria. I arrived in 2015 from Istanbul, Turkey, as an immigrant, and I have been learning about the city and building a new life. I met several people like myself who arrived earlier or later. They all have their stories of leaving, arriving, settling, searching for work, raising families, growing roots and building communities.
1: Yeah, I remember that conversation very well, Denise. And uh, as we kept talking that afternoon, our coffees got a little colder, but our conversation got warmer. And we started to get excited about this idea of creating a radio program, a program that shares the stories and experiences and are told in the voices of newcomer immigrants and refugees themselves. One thing uh, kind of led to another as we continued talking. And now, look at here we are uh, a yeah. few months later, we're thinking, we're talking, uh, we're recording this program as part of our first pilot program. Uh, for, for the listeners, just a little bit about myself, yeah. as you mentioned, you're from Istanbul, Turkey, which is a city I just love, by the way. Uh, I was originally born and raised in Los Angeles, California. I'm Mexican and Eastern European heritage in my family background. And I immigrated here with my family as a young boy, along with my parents and three siblings way back in the early seventies. We had to go through a lot of adaptations to get used to this new country and culture, but that's another story that can be shared another time. And and so in that spirit of uh, adaptation and learning, uh, it's that uh, we want to also look at what are the lessons that can be learned and what are the stories that can be shared from other newcomers. Uh, for from those who have come to Victoria to share their experiences, especially around culture and faith practices during this time of coronavirus.
0: As we all patiently and maybe impatiently wait for life to return to a kind of normal, we all long for the days when we are able to gather together, gather to drink together, eat together, celebrate together, and share with our communities. In this pilot episode, we wanted to explore the impact of social distancing on the Muslim community in Greater Victoria, specifically with those who are members of the local Masjid al-Iman mosque on Quadra Street. Last month, May, was Ramadan, the holy month for Muslims. It's the month when Muslims fast from dawn to dusk and break their fast with the meal of Iftar, a meal that is normally shared with family, friends, and the community. The 30-day fasting period ends with a feast or the Eid in Arabic. And Eid lasts for three days. We wanted to know how different it was to celebrate Ramadan this year. At the end of May, before the end of Eid, we spoke with Shazia Suleiman about her experiences of this and previous Ramadans.
1: Shazia is a a mother, she's a wife, and she's a very active member of the Muslim community and the local masjid Aliman mosque. Uh, Personally, I've known Shazia for a number of years and have seen her throughout the community and at the local mosque where uh, she does a lot of her community work. She's also a uh, program coordinator with the Victoria Immigrant and Refugee Center Society. So she's really active, very busy all the time, but uh, we're pleased she found time to sit down with us. And this was really my first opportunity at length to get to know Shazi on a more personal basis. And I I think uh, for yourself, Denise, you, you know her better than I do. But one of the questions we started our conversation with was about where she started her journey in life. What did she go through? How did she come to Victoria uh, and, and come to call this place home? So we were surprised to learn, or maybe I was surprised to learn, that her journey started in Kenya and included years of studies in Taiwan as an international student before eventually coming to and settling here in Victoria.
2: I was born in uh, Kenya, this is a very multicultural country in East Africa. I was born in the city, Nairobi city actually, and uh, I lived there for my primary years of life and um, I then eventually moved to Taiwan where I pursued my uh, university education and lived there for again uh, about six years and that was prior prior to moving to Victoria, which I then um, eventually moved to Victoria to reunite with my family members who had already uh, migrated to Canada by the time I'd completed my studies. And then I also met my husband here in Canada, and this is the place then I eventually chose to settle. The first uh, four years that I was living here um, when I just moved, I spent a lot of time um, building my social network. I was also starting a new family and uh, I was uh, in the the position of trying to connect with community and find myself, find my piece of puzzle in this uh, little society here in Victoria. Um, My last four years, I've spent time building on that network, and more of a professional network. Um, Currently, I uh, work at the Victoria Immigrant and Refugee Center, but I've also uh, been very much involved uh, as an active member of uh, the BC Muslim Association. So I started off uh, in the first four years, as I mentioned, uh, investing a lot of time in community, and uh, volunteering and investing all these uh, skills that I came with uh, in my community. And there I served as a youth director for four years, and I uh, continue to serve with the community uh, at this moment as an education director with the BC Muslim Association here in Victoria, that is closely connected with uh, Masjid Al Iman.
0: We were very interested in Shazia's experiences of Ramadan. She has lived in different countries, in different cultures, uh, from Kenya to Taiwan and now in Canada. So she has experienced Ramadan in these different cultural contexts. We asked her about those different experiences and especially memories associated with Ramadan you know, being a kid in Kenya, a student in Taiwan, and now being a mother uh, in Victoria. We asked her what these experiences, what these memories are in each country. Here is what she said.
2: You know, growing up as a child in Kenya, I was surrounded by my family. I was surrounded by a neighborhood that were all Muslims. And so the memories I have of Ramadan in Kenya growing up were the times when my mother would make these amazing uh, finger foods for the iftar, you know, the samosas and the pakoras, and the uh, which we used to call them bajiyas in Kenya. And we would share these plates of food in the month of Ramadan with the neighbors, You know, just a few minutes before time to break the fast. And uh, I would meet my friends on on the way, exchanging the plates of food. And uh, these are the kind of memories that I have. I also have these memories of uh, the sounds of banging pots and pans, of neighbors trying to wake each other up before the sun rises so that people can quickly get a chance to have that suhoor which is the 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 meal before the dawn and so i have such beautiful memories of this warmth and uh you know comfort of neighbors family and though we used to not go to the mosque that much and now i realize why not to break the fast is because the the community the mosque there was mainly for people who are, uh, didn't have families. You know, they were probably uh, students. You know, they were probably um, uh, people who are single and needed community. And because you're already in a country where you're surrounded by Muslims, it did not feel that you had to go to the mosque to break the fast. One other, one other memory that I do also have for um, the Ramadan in Kenya was those last 10 days, maybe the last five days probably, was that excitement of going to get your Eid outfits custom made. Oh my goodness, that was just so exciting to choose the colors of the, clo- the, 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 the material that you'd like to have your dress made in, and you know, the texture. And, and, and all the cousins will be like secretly looking for the right color so that on each day, there will be the one like uh, standing out with the beautiful uh, color that they've chosen, right? So that was very exciting for me as a child growing up in Kenya. And then when I moved to Taiwan, now, The experience was very different. I wasn't a child anymore. I wasn't surrounded by my family anymore. I was an international student. Um, I was in a foreign country. And Ramadan there for me was the community. It was the community. You know, without the community, the Muslim community, especially in the Taipei Grand Mosque, I cannot imagine what kind of Ramadan I would have had for the six years that I lived there. Because I would go to the mosque every single day to break the fast with all the Muslims that were there. And I met people from so many different parts of the world, like there were so many international students as well, and other foreigners, expatriates, and people who were living in Taiwan, working in Taiwan, there were Muslims, that I would meet there. And we would break the fast together and we would remind ourselves of uh, Ramadan back home. Now in Victoria and here in Canada, the experience again of Ramadan is very different. Again, uh, the difference is now I'm not an international student. I'm not a... uh, I do have a family of my own. I'm a mother. I'm a, a, a woman who is an active member of community and this time what makes it very different for me is that being very much involved in the community I'm in the role of having to create that environment create that atmosphere for community for children for youth specifically and so the the experience of Ramadan in Victoria is very different and very special in its own way
1: Miles apart, today you're in my heart, heart, heart.
0: Shazia brought a song to share with us by Turkish-Macedonian singer-musician Mesut Kürtis and which we have been listening to in the background. This is a song that she plays during Ramadan. When we asked her about the meaning of this song for her, this is what she said.
2: That one is a, is a song that I really like because, again, it just reminds me of uh, the Eid Day celebration, you know? And, and seeing all the kids enjoying themselves and the community members uh, uh, hanging out with each other. We would usually have a, a, a huge barbecue event um, that would follow the day after Eid. It would be in a park and sometimes we would have these Eid, uh, Eid uh, songs playing and all that you know, community feeling. It's it's very exciting. It's it's just an exciting celebra- celebration celebration uh, to be in, right? And that song really reminds me of that excitement.
1: Let's enjoy this happy day. Listening to uh, Shazia was really interesting to hear her describe the differences in her experiences around Ramadan uh, as a child in Kenya, as a student in Taiwan, and of course now here in Victoria. And she looks at COVID as certainly not being an opportunity for community to come together like they always have, but she doesn't see it in a negative light or as a negative impact on her ability or her community's ability to celebrate their faith but rather uh, as an opportunity to adapt and be creative in finding novel ways to still celebrate Ramadan in keeping the essence of community. And this is what she shared with us.
2: So uh, since the COVID situation and all the social distancing measures that have been, that are in place, uh, Ramadan has been very different this year. It has definitely impacted uh, the community as a whole. Because we are a people, a collective society, we, we function collectively. Uh, most of our rituals are done in a collective manner, whether it is the prayers, whether it is the fasting and breaking the fast together. and for you know my entire lifetime, as I had uh, previously explained, you know Ramadan has an essence of community, people coming together. So whether it was in my childhood being around my family and neighbors or in Taiwan as an international student being in the mosque there with all the community members, whether it was here in Victoria, you know, um, being surrounded by community members at the mosque in the Masjid Al-Iman, it's that essence of community that has really made people feel the true impact. However, of course, human beings are made to adapt, you know. No matter how bad things get, people always find a way to adapt, somehow or the other. And so Ramadan this year may have been very different, but different doesn't always mean bad. And that's something that I've learned from uh, uh, Imam Ismail, who constantly reminds us, community members, you know, that different doesn't always mean bad and distant doesn't always mean disconnected. This year
1: was
0: particularly different and maybe difficult. Although the routines were hard to follow and it was hard to physically bring the community together to celebrate Ramadan, it nevertheless was an opportunity to reflect to connect and to contemplate. And Shazia puts this together very eloquently. I have considered three main things this
2: Ramadan, you know, uh, reflection, connection, and contemplation, right? And I think many family members, many families, uh, in fact, would agree with me that this year has been a lot about reflection, reflecting on, on the past. You know, looking back and seeing what we, we used to do, what we used to have, our routines. And all those routines, you know, sometimes day in, day out, every year, it sometimes uh, dilutes the ability for people to sit back and think and say, wow, look at what we had. You know, so I think that reflection has been, I guess, the greatest um, advantage for us here uh, this year. And then with the connection, it is... People connecting on different levels, you know, connecting maybe uh, on a personal level with the Creator this Ramadan, connecting one on one. You know, they say that if you're around people all the time, you lose the ability to be able to really sit and connect. You know, on a spiritual level, on a one on one. And uh, it could also be connecting with family members, connecting with the people around you is when they are always around you, you forget, you forget what is it that is a priority. So being around family and uh, and, and, and for those who are not with their families in Canada or in Victoria here, you know, connecting uh, with the community on a different level. So we found in fact that uh, this Ramadan, since the COVID situation, uh, people are reaching out to the community, people who were not necessarily connected to the community before, have found ways to actively reach out to community.
1: So during our interview with Shazia, I've been really impressed with her, with how positive and hopeful she continued to be. And uh, I reflected on the things uh, that she was saying about what she and the community are doing to adjust to, and to keep hope, and faith, and community alive during Ramadan and the difficult period of social distancing. So we asked her about this program called Welcome Ramadan program, which is being uh, organized by the mosque, and that she has played a role in, in terms of planning and organizing it for the community. This is what she shared with us.
2: Since it was an annual event, children look forward to this every year. We, have, we usually uh, used to have it in the parking lot of the, of the mosque, and it would be open, and there would be like uh, you know, um, um, games and you know, ice cream, cotton candy, and balloons, and all those fun things that kids love. The last year, we actually even had the stuffy rides for the kids. So this year, what we decided to do is use technology you know don't give up on the kids and say okay yeah. since there's no uh, can, uh, coming to the mosque no event no we decided to use technology and and invite the kids to to come together again you know and we had three separate events in fact for the three different age groups you know the younger ones and then the 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 teenagers and then the older youth to come together and connect share with us what is it that they miss about you know, really hear them out and see what is it that they miss about uh, Ram- Ramadan this this year. Uh, what is it that they're going to be doing this year? And sharing their their point of view and and giving them a chance to to connect with each other still, even though through a distance. And it was really exciting, you know, because they were happy to share with us the decorations that they have done at home uh, and the beautiful uh, Ramadan you know colorings or whatever it is that they have uh, created so that was fun and we also had the imam who came and spoke and gave them some reminders which he would do for the past couple of years he would do that at the end as a closure so he popped up in the screen and he ended the event with a similar kind of talk that he would give them and it was really a beautiful moment uh, to bring them together. Whole families
0: together and celebrate. Today's the, day, the Eid is so a time on, of feast I'm that no brings the down. families together. When we spoke with Shazia in May, it was before the Eid and the community had other plans to celebrate it this year. It was going to be a different kind of celebration, but one that still embraces the same spirit of community. We would
2: normally meet in a in, a, in the Tilika Marina, which is a very huge uh, space there, and all the community members would go there and do the Eid prayer. And after that, they would, you know, greet each other, eat Mubarak, and uh, as as you know, you know the Muslims when they they meet with each other, the sisters would be hugging and the brothers would be hugging. And this is one thing that it'll be really different this Eid. Like, how do we do that? How do we feel the same way? How do you feel that? Eid that is really here when you're not surrounded by the whole community, but then you think again, well, at least I have my family around me. What about the person who is by themselves in the home? That would be much more, much more difficult, right? Uh, but what we're intending to do this Eid in terms of our preparations as, as a community is we would have like a... Um, the community coming together through some platform and uh, uh, hearing a talk from the imam, um, getting some kids to do some activities as well, you know, some uh, uh, presentations probably. And followed by that, we plan to prepare the goodie bags, which the kids always expect every single year, and distribute them, uh, you know, by a drive-through method at the mosque. So families would just come and pick up the goodie bags for their kids and drive through, and that would be something that the kids wouldn't feel that, ah, oh, this Eid, we are left out. No, we're still still figuring out a way.
1: So Janice, uh, listeners don't know this, but when we first set up this interview and asked Shazia to be our guest for this program, we also asked her to bring in two songs. Or recorded sounds to share with us and the audience. The first song uh, folks have heard earlier in our program from Masut Kurdish and this second piece is the sound of prayer at the mosque and for us Shazia recalls uh, the power and the memory of this particular sound for her during the time of Ramadan
2: very special to me because it's what we call the takbirat. And that one is, is something that stands the test of time. Like, the sound of that is the sound of Eid. So from my childhood, I've heard that sound on the day of Eid. Whether it was in the morning, you know, when we get up, you constantly hear your parents saying that, you know, you hear the neighbors saying that. And then, you know, when I went to Taiwan, it's the same sound of Eid in the morning before the Eid prayer. People are chanting this over and over again. And you know that today is a big day. Today is the day of Eid. And here in Victoria, again, the same sound. Whether it was driving to that prayer place where we're going to pray and we're chanting it in the car, And we are saying it over and over and we are hearing it. And then we get to that place where you meet all these community members, hundreds of people, and you hear it over and over again. It is a sound of excitement, a sound of eat, a sound of celebration, a sound of, you know, accomplishment. We've completed 30 days of fasting and we've done it together. And it is a sound of of prayer, you know, that... uh, we pray that our, our our fasts, we pray that our deeds, we pray that our uh, actions that we have done in this month will be accepted.
1: So that was our interview with Shazia Suleiman as she shared with us her experiences of Ramadan during this period of the COVID pandemic and finding communities having to adjust to social distancing. We've all been learning that social distancing affects all of us. Our daily routines, our celebrations, regular activities, they've been disrupted. They've been changed. And so we're searching for ways to stay connected, to find meaning in our days and relations. We keep hoping we'll return to a new kind of normal where we can once again shake hands, hug, and enjoy the proximity of each other. And to listen to community members like Shazia reminds us that we can be innovative, we can adjust, we can be nimble, and we can find ways to make those connections when we're unable to gather.
0: We plan to continue this program with more stories from the intercultural community in Victoria. This is the least we can do to remind ourselves that we are all in this together.
1: To listen to our podcast again, you can visit us at cfev.uvic.ca. And uh, Denise, I know you and I would really like to thank CFUV Radio for their support in allowing us to have the training, the resources, the opportunity to be able to share these kinds of stories on air. So thank you very much to CFUV. Thank you,
0: CFUV.
1: And thank you, Denise. This has been wonderful.
0: Thank you, Steve. This pilot episode of When We Cannot Gather Together was created by Denis Unsal and Stephen Bates. Special thanks to our guest, Shazia Suleiman, for sharing her stories.